You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. You guys, I am so excited to share with you my newest sponsor, Oh My God Yes. They have created something truly revolutionary. It's a website, but it's compiled from researching thousands of women trying to get to the bottom of what some of you would consider the mysteries of female pleasure. The website allows you access to tons of different techniques brought to life in beautiful videos of regular women sharing from experience. No blushing, no shame. Get $5 off the newly released season two at ohmygodyes.com slash holly. That's O-M-G-Y-E-S dot com slash holly. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by hotmovies.com. Do you want a website where you can see it all? One place to stream your favorite movies? One place with hundreds of scenes with your favorite stars? Then you want to visit hotmovies.com. Hotmovies.com is your one-stop shop for all your adult movie needs. They even have a bunch of my movies, like graphic content, my most recent feature that I wrote and directed for Wicked Pictures. The best part is, by using my code HOLLY, you'll get 40 free minutes. No credit card required. So make sure that you visit hotmovies.com and use my code HOLLY for your free 40 minutes. Already a member of Hot Movies? You can still use my code to get an additional 20 minutes free. That's hotmovies.com, code HOLLY, H-O-L-L-Y. You won't regret it. Hey, listeners. So really quickly, I just need to explain why I so desperately need you to support my podcast. Currently, I'm bringing in enough to cover the expenses of producing my show, but there's not much left over after all the bills have been paid. I did some math, and do you know that only 1.5% of my listeners are actually members of my Patreon? That's kind of insane. So if you're not donating because you think plenty of other people are, well, I'm here to tell you that they're not. One big thing on my wish list for this year is I really want to take my show to the AVN convention, but that is going to cost me a fortune, and I cannot do it without your help. Imagine all the amazing interviews I can get there in the middle of the biggest porn expo in the world. And some of those big names you've been asking me to get on the show, well, a lot of them live out of state, so I'd actually have to fly them in and put them up to have them as a guest on Holly Randall Unfiltered. Many frequently requested guests actually live in Vegas, so I have an idea to fly out there myself, rent a podcast studio, and do a bunch of interviews over the course of a few days. But that will, you guessed it, cost me money. There's so much more I want to do, but I don't want to bore you with all the details. So I will say this, please seriously consider supporting the show that you love so much. You can join my Patreon for as little as $5 and get access to the interview streaming live, as well as lots of other bonus content you cannot get anywhere else. There's also a lot more that I offer if you can afford to shell out a few more bucks. So go check out everything that I have to offer at patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Now, if you really can't or don't want to, for whatever reason, support my Patreon, please consider purchasing something from one of my sponsors. Just make sure you use my code. They will only come back to sponsor more episodes if they see their investment paying off. Thank you guys so much. And if you have any questions or concerns, 
please feel free to email me at hollyrandallunfiltered at gmail.com. Today on the show, I have Ricky Johnson on the podcast. Ricky is a fairly new-ish performer. He's been on the scene for almost four years, but he is the newest male Brazzers contract star, and he's actually the first African-American male contract star to be signed by that company. So this is um, this is a big and wonderful step in the right direction. And Ricky's just, he's a really great guy. I had a great interview with him. Um, our conversation just really flowed and we cover all kinds of topics from, you know, racism and porn to dating in porn to how he prepares for a scene. Um, you know, what it's like for a male performer to work with somebody that maybe they're not attracted to. Um, he's just such a great guy and a wonderful resource for all kinds of information on anybody who wants to even think about um, becoming a male porn star. So let's welcome Ricky Johnson to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the show. Today, I am very excited to have Ricky Johnson in the studio. Hi, Ricky. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. You have a lovely voice, by the way. Now that I'm hearing it amplified through the microphone, it's actually like really deep and like sexy and um, also kind of soothing. I appreciate that. You're making me blush. Do you ever do ASMR? I know we kind of mentioned it before we started. No, but I'm willing to. I think you should. You have a great voice. (laughs) You have a really good voice. Anyways, I always like to start the interview off with a little compliment, unexpected compliment. <laughs> so, Ricky, um, you are a you are now a is it a Brazzers contract star? Is that what you're officially named? I know you're part of like the whole Mind Geek family. Yeah, a Brazzers contract contract star, but it's all Mind Geek companies, all the Mind Geek brands. Yeah. So, you just shot um, a couple of movies for Digital Playground, right? Yes. I did a series called uh, Word of Mouth. It's a six-episode series that they're probably going to do another six episodes, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I play like a, a male escort. Ooh. So, yeah. I have sex with uh, the madame, and then she recommends me and to like a whole bunch of other people. So each episode is a different person looking for sex. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. And that's unusual, too, because usually it's like the flip side. It's like a female escort. So yeah. this is a little different. Yeah. So how is that role to play for you? It's it's fun. I'm hoping that eventually people can call me up so I can join the escorting world. You know, I, love, I, love other girls. <laughs> I hear girls are making a lot of money. I want to do it as well. <laughs> hear that, ladies? If yes. you want a male gigolo, hit up Ricky. I'm available. He is available. He is also clean and tested. Yes, yes, it's a plus. But he will only work with condoms because that's what responsible escorts do. You should be my manager. Like you're doing a good job. I thank you. (laughs) I will only take fifteen percent. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, and then your uh, what was the other movie that you did? Um, Queen A. Okay. And that's a lot of anal, and that's with Bella Danger, Whitney Wright, and Anna Fox, and Seth Gamble. Oh, fantastic. And Bella's their new contract star as well. Yes, they are signing recent. girls left and right. Yeah, yeah. Like There's it. a couple new contract girls, too, that I know that I'm shooting for Twisties. I don't know if they've been officially announced yet, so I don't want to say who they are. But, yeah, I've noticed that they're definitely, like, doing a lot of – I thought the contract star days were over, honestly. But um, that seems to – History uh, repeats itself. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. Um, so do you like acting? Like, did you have a lot of experience in it before? Um, I took a theater arts class in high school. Mm-hmm. And so I do, I do like acting. I like acting in roles that are, are different from my personality. Mm-hmm. Like in the beginning of porn, I used to always get a lot of nice guy roles or like mm. the, like the brother or like the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else would get like the crazy angry role. And I was mm-hmm. just like a gateway for that person to like really act. Mm-hmm. And so I like that now I'm getting more roles because I spoke to everybody and I was like, oh, I want some roles where I'm like angry or I'm like mean mm-hmm. or I'm like a terrible person, like an evil guy. I want to mm-hmm. play an evil person because it's, it's fun that way. Yeah. You can showcase your acting skills that way. Yeah. What do you think, what do you feel is like the best acting, um, like what what has been your best acting so far? Like what do you feel like has been the role that's most challenged you and you feel that you um, fulfilled the best? I would say the word of mouth series mm-hmm. of me playing like an escort kind of. Okay. It's more like natural just acting. Right. I've been super comfortable because I think all about acting is also about being comfortable. Right. If you're not comfortable, just like performing, then it's not going to really. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a horrible actress, like really bad. And it's funny because I will put myself in my scenes a lot of times as an extra. Like if if it calls for like an older female extra, I'll put myself in because I don't want to pay somebody. And I'm so bad. And I write, and like there'll be times that I'll write the script and I can't remember the lines that I wrote. So I can't really get mad at the performers when they can't remember their lines because I wrote the fucking script and I can't remember the lines. And it's just like, it's awful. I put myself in a scene, in a Naughty America scene with Derek Pierce and Lauren Phillips. And I play, I was playing Derek Pierce's wife and I was so. Awkward and uncomfortable with it. Like, I felt weird about like touching him. And like, I I think for me, crossing that boundary between being a director and like a, I mean, I didn't perform in the scene, but you know what I mean? Like, being a performer in the scene in a non sex role is weird for me because I'm always kind of very careful about how I conduct myself around talent and I don't touch them unnecessarily and stuff. I've always been that way. Yeah, it made you uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so it you did. Comfortable. And and I know Derek really well and like we're friends and like but I still I don't I'm terrible. So I just got to say like props to people um who can act and who, you know, can feel comfortable in front of the camera yeah. because even though I coach people how to do that and I have been doing that for 20 years put me in front of the camera and I'm like, (laughs) so bad. So bad. So how did, uh, how did you get into porn? How long have you actually, first question, how long have you been in the industry? Three years going on four at the end of this year. I was going to say, cause you feel like kind of like, I feel like you're a little bit new on the newer side. Yeah. I think Um, once you hit five is like, all right, you're, you're established. Right. Right. So how, yeah. So how did you start? Um, I was in college at Long Beach state, go 49ers. (laughs) <laughs> and then um, I was running track, and then I had got scammed out of like two thousand dollars, and it's a terrible story. I might as well tell it. It's really embarrassing. I don't think I've ever really tell told it. Tell it. Ooh, I like stories that so, nobody else has ever. Like told. my girlfriend knows. Like people are really close to me, but like this is okay. such an embarrassing story. So uh, me and my friend uh, Chris, we were on the track team, and um, I was pretty broke in college, mm-hmm. and uh, I had like. $600 to my name and rent was in like two days. Mm-hmm. And so we were going to our local pavilions and these two guys who had the exact same name, which was a red flag there, but at the time I wasn't thinking. And they were like, oh, we have these speakers that like cost like $3,000, but we'll sell them to you for like like pretty much whatever you have. And then uh-huh. you can like sell them and make the money back. And I was like, oh my God. Like, And they spoke so fast and so like so confident that like it took us off guard and they separated us. So like we couldn't really look at each other and like, you know, 
you know, wow, they did a really is, good job. Thinking, I was thinking back on it, say. they were really good scammers. Yeah, they, they separated us. They talked to us separately, and they got him, and then he got me because he was like, "Yeah, you should do it." And so I gave him like all I had, pretty much. Uh-huh. And then, and I should have just looked at my phone and, and, and googled it because after he left, I googled it and it was like, "Oh, scam." Yeah, and I was like, "Damn!" And then we went to the police, and they pretty much laughed at us. Going, "You fell for that?" <laughs> and then I was like, "Damn, well." I'm, Rent's like in two days, and now I'm broke. Yeah. So, and then these speakers are useless. So it was pretty devastating, and that kind of just led me to like a little personal downward spiral. Where was, did, can I can I ask like how much were the speakers worth? Uh, probably like two hundred bucks, if anything. Oh fuck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I'm way I'm, I'm a different person now. Uh, yeah. I'm, well, I mean, you know, life is a journey, yeah, and we you know, learn things learn along the way. Exactly. You know? I needed that experience. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But then I was in my training room, and I was like, you know what? I want to try porn because I've always like spoken like about porn, and no one was surprised of my friend group when I joined porn. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna look into it. So for like you, you always enjoyed it. Yeah, I've always enjoyed porn. So for like six months, I looked and researched porn and agencies and like the way to do it. I looked up like YouTube, like other porn stars and like interviews and all those things like that just to make sure I knew what I was getting six to. months yeah just because wow. like you know you don't want to jump into something no so. you don't but I'm just surprised because so many people don't do any research and they just jump in and then they end up making terrible decisions yeah and so I um I there's four agencies that I I sent my pitches to mm-hmm. I, like uh, front nude and back nude and mm-hmm. face shot and then two got back to me and one was uh, Sandra at OC Modeling. Right. And the other was uh, another agency. And so I, I went to meet with both agencies. And the first agency was just a little off-putting because mm. the guy was, like, on the phone and he was having a very serious argument, like, cursing and stuff like that. And just, like, really just, like, getting into whoever he was talking to. And I was like, oh, okay, this guy's a little, you know, has an anger problem mm-hmm. or whatever. And then it just, I just felt uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. I was like, ah, this might not be it. And then I talked to Sandra. And I don't know, she was very welcoming. And mm. the fact that she was a woman, mm. I felt like because she was a woman, she would care more about her male talent as right. opposed to a guy right. giving shit about my career. Right, right, right. So I was just like, it has to be Sandra. Yeah. And so we uh, spoke again. I met in the office and I just signed the contract and then here I am. So tell me, um, what was your first scene? My first scene was a blow bang for Johnny Darko with Roxy Ray. They, I feel like a lot of male talent, they always throw you into a group. Because if you can't do it, then like it's it's le- it's like less of a loss. Yeah, you know, if like, like one guy bye, in a bye. yeah, <laughs> if a one guy in a blow bang like pulls out, it's like yeah, I mean, people aren't gonna really notice so much. If you're the only male talent, it's like ee- I mean, obviously the whole scene is riding on yeah. you, literally. My first seven scenes were blow bangs and gangbangs. <clears throat> oh wow! And okay, so do you find that that was easier because there was less pressure on just you because you were surrounded by other dudes who could kind of like, you know, so it wasn't just focused on you or was it more difficult because you were surrounded by other dudes? It was more difficult, but towards the end, I found out it was easier because I was surrounded by other people. Like my mindset changed because like, oh, wait, there's like eight people here. Like, yeah, I don't have to do as much. Yeah. But in the beginning, it was just like, I'm trying to make a name for myself. So it's yeah. like, how do I make a name for myself amongst seven other people yeah. who are already established? How do I get on the rotation? How does this person notice me? Yeah. I have like, because we're not all going to fuck her for 30 minutes. Yeah. We're all going to fuck her for like two, three. Yeah. So it's just like in that two, three minutes of me fucking her, what's going to be so special that they care to like bring me back? Right, right, right. For right. a one-on-one. Right. So it's just like, I, consistency pretty much. Yeah. Just. Do you find it difficult to like, have sex with a girl with like all that dick around you or a little bit because it's also like 
testosterone in another guy is also want don't want you to succeed sometimes. So yeah. It's just like they'll do whatever they can. Like you might be getting you might be fucking the girl and then they'll they'll like ram their dick in her throat and they'll like push you out. Yeah. Those little tricks that I found that people would do to just like Yeah. Make sure you fail. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting, like the dynamic that happens in a gangbang or a blow bang and like the communication between the male talent, like if you watch for that. So either you have a really harmonious scene where the guys are like communicating with each other kind of silently and they're like, Okay, your turn, your turn. I'm gonna go here, you're gonna go there, like making sure that they keep it open for the camera and that kind of thing. Or you have like, you know, a little bit of competition where guys are kind of pushing each other out of the way or like taking up too much time. So it's like, it's an interesting like social dynamic and yeah. it can vary depending on who's in the scene. Yeah. It, it, for a good gangbang, I would say it depends on if the other guys get along together. Yeah, exactly. I had Lisa Ann on the podcast and um, we talked about, you know, the couple of gangbangs that she, she organized and she said, you know, there's so many elements that go into like booking and producing like a great gangbang. And one of them is making one of the most important things is making sure all the guys get along. Like that's the most important thing, even less so than like if the girl gets along with the guy more so like if the guys all like get along with each other, that's like really important. And I think that's so true. Cause if you have a guy that's uncomfortable or like hates the other guy, then he's not, he's not all there. Yeah. He's like, Somewhat focusing on the other guy, like, I don't like this guy. Why am For I sure. Yeah. When we book gangbangs, well, I don't really hardly ever shoot them, but usually, like, the guys want to know who the other guys are because you can't put certain guys together. And it's like, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. So, okay. So you're, so you did, you know, a couple of blow bangs, a couple of gangbangs. And then what was your first one on one scene? It was for Babes with Cassidy Klein. And how was that? It was great. I loved it. Yeah. It was like a 50 minute scene. Oh really? Yeah. So did you did you go in there confident and feeling like okay I got this I've demonstrated that I can perform in these other scenes or were you nervous because now the pressure's all on you? I was super nervous and also just excited for the opportunity to like mm-hmm. just have sex with just the focus of one person. Mm-hmm. What was your mindset coming into porn? Were you thinking like? I'm going to do this, I'm going to make some money and I'm going to move on? Or did you come into it with like a, like a thinking like, this is going to be my career. I'm going to like carve a niche for myself and I'm going to be in this for a while. Uh, be in this for a while and carve a niche for myself. But I wanted to be a director and produce was always my main goal. Okay. And so I thought, well, if I perform and make a name for myself performing, that'll be my gateway into getting to directing and producing. That's the route I wanted to take. And that's the route I am taking. And so far everything's working. Exactly how I wanted to work. I've, yeah, I find that um, producers often make great. Sorry, producers, performers often make uh, great directors and producers because they understand what it's like to be in front of the camera. They kind of understand the mentality of the performers um, and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think that that's uh, that's a great like segue there because you know myself I've never performed so even though I I try to imagine what the performers are going through and I try to sympathize and empathize and make sure that you know I know what their mindset is I don't really know yeah you know and I feel like sometimes it's like a little bit of a disadvantage but you also have the advantage of like just other advantages by not performing as well so it's just like it's yeah I have a question for you and this is kind of like super random but um I was one I was thinking this the other day when I was working with um, some guys and this is actually for my own benefit, but like, say you're like, 
say you're, I don't know if you want to say struggling, but you need like some time to get your edge. And by the way, for those of you listening who don't know what it means, because I find that a lot of times we fall into industry speak and I don't explain what we're talking about. Getting your edge means basically getting like your dick super hard, like yeah. getting it, like not having it kind of floppy and just getting like being ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you're doing that, do you find it's better if the crew's like totally quiet or do you prefer if the crew acts kind of normal and like kind of chats in the background like they normally do? Because sometimes like I feel like I need to tell my crew to shut up because I don't know if it's distracting. But then sometimes I, if it's dead silent, is that worse? Because you're like it's so quiet. I would say everybody act normal. In the okay. Casual. Okay. That's that. I asked a couple of guys that and I think so far everyone's been like, yeah, I prefer that like – People just keep doing what they're doing because, yeah, I, I don't know. I've been shooting more boy-girl lately than I normally do. I normally shoot just girl-girl. And I've had a couple instances where guys needed some time and I'm like, do I, do I tell everyone to shut up? Do I, like, keep it the same? Like, what do I do? Like, I, I remember one uh, – I was doing one scene and the director had cut before the, uh, the pop. And then it was uh, it was on me. And I was like, all right, I was okay, cool. But then you start talking about, like, Trump and and some other stuff like politics and some other like really interesting subjects. I was like, hey, can you guys just like stop talking about that? Talk about anything you want, but just like not something that like that I can listen in and focus on. Yeah, not Game of Thrones. Yeah, don't start talking about Game like, of oh, Thrones. Wait, let me can I join this conversation first. <laughs> wait, no, but see, I think that Bran is. Well, <laughs> and then for thirty minutes we're talking. I'm like, oh shit, we got a pop. <laughs> Have you ever had a scene that you've like really struggled in? Yeah, when the first year it was two that I, we were like. Did you ever have to call it? Call it. Two, two that I called. That, um, they were called. Uh, and I felt like shit. Of course. But like that feeling like is a feeling that I, I can't replicate. It's it's you have the feeling like, is this for me? Can I is this gonna happen forever now? Yeah. Like, you know? Cause you think like, okay, this happened. It happens to everybody. Yeah. But is it gonna happen again? And yeah. it's just like now you're like, this is my career. What do I do? Yeah, and it's so mental. Yeah, it's so mental. So you get stuck in that mind fuck so and mental. you're just like and, and until you have another scene, you're gonna feel like that. Yeah. Someone said to me, like, what made you decide to call the scene? Because I was talking to I had small hands on the podcast, um, and he said that Joanna told him when he first started, and actually I was like, This this makes sense, and I don't know why I never thought about it. You have like 20 minutes I think to try to either get hard or pop whatever needs to be done after that you need to call it because then it's just disrespectful to the crew because they got to find somebody else True. yeah so yeah. is that about like a good time frame for you um well it depends on the situation because both situations were completely different mm. the first one was uh it was an anal scene and it couldn't fit like it wasn't we tried for like hour and it was getting to the point where i was like okay it's not it's not gonna happen your dick was just too big for her ass yeah and so we're like okay we'll turn it we'll turn into a vagina scene and by that time then i started to struggle a little bit and it was just like ah just yeah i have to call it yeah yeah yeah. so yikes and then the second one was like a a scene at like 10 p.m and i just got out of the gym and they're like hey can you work like right now i was like fuck uh yeah all right Uh uh-huh and then we went and it's just wasn't yeah, I worked with a guy um, who really struggled a few weeks ago, and he told me afterwards, you know, he apologized. I mean, we were able to finish the scene, but he apologized and said, he's like, you know, I shouldn't have done legs today. Because I guess, like, all your blood then goes to those muscles yeah. um, and not to your penis, yeah. which is where you need it to go. So you think that that's probably what it was. Yeah, also mental. It's also definitely mental as well. Because yeah. then you put down your mind, oh, I did legs today. And it's yeah. like, oh, this is the reason why this is happening. So, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. 
How do you prepare for a scene? I have different routines because in track there's always preparation. So mm-hmm. I've kind of like brought that into like porn. I love that. I love that you brought like your athletic training into porn because porn really is, especially for the guys, it really is like an athletic feat. Yeah. I mean, you guys fuck for a very long period of time yeah. and it's, ex- it's exhausting for me just watching you. I mean, I'm like 10 minutes in the bedroom and I'm like, you want me to do reverse cowgirl? Go fuck yourself. That's basically asking me to do squats. There's no reason for me to do that. Like that's not happening. Um, I would usually, I drink a lot of liquid water mm-hmm. like the day before and the day of the scene. Mm-hmm. And I go to like a, like if I have a, a afternoon scene, I would go to California Kitchen Cafe and get like a specific meal. If really? Like in, Is um, it like high in protein or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's like two chicken breasts, uh, chicken pasta, some broccoli, fruits, and pita bread. Okay. Some Gatorade. And I just like, I don't know. It's just, if I do something and I'm like, oh, I had a really good scene that day, I'll just continue to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> over and over and yeah, over Yeah, and yeah, over that again. makes sense. Like I, was, I drink pita like before every scene as well. Okay. Because it yeah, hydrates you a little extra if you're like, yeah. a little dehydrated. Right. And then I was going to like also this uh, smoothies place. It's like a little different things I've tried over the over the years. But mm-hmm. I stick to just uh, Pedialyte liquids and eating really healthy the day before. Wow. And try to I'm trying to just do that naturally, so I'm just always yeah <laughs> like you know yeah yeah yeah. It takes time. So do you find that? Um, I think we meant we talked about this a little bit earlier before we actually started the podcast. Do you find that um, being in the industry now for a period of time is makes it easier for you to do your scenes, or is it? almost more challenging in a different way because it's kind of the excitement is worn off. A little bit of both. The scenes are easier, but at the same time, the excitement has worn off a little bit. I'm not like, oh my God, yay. I yeah. Care. I want to fuck everybody. I want to fuck, fuck everybody. Yeah, you know? yeah. Now it's just like, okay, you know, I have different goals. So it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not tired of it, but sometimes you may get a little jaded. Yeah, totally. What do you do when you show up to a scene and like you and the girl just don't vibe or you're just not attracted to her? Uh, I get in my mental, and those are those are the rough days because like afterwards, you have to get out of that mental because like uh-huh. you go so deep in your head, yeah, and it's just like you develops like a personality issue because yeah. you had to like really get in your head, yeah, and force yourself to be pleased by something you're not pleased, yeah. By. And so if you do that enough times, it'll really fuck you up. Yeah. I've done that a good amount of times, yeah. But like I can understand somebody doing that a lot it can really just fuck you up. Yeah. I get really pissed sometimes when the girls are just like not helpful at all. And they're, you know, and they'll say something like, oh, well, it's his job to get hard. And it's like, well, we're all here together to work towards a common goal, which is to do a good scene and to get paid and to go home at a decent time. So like if you could maybe be a little bit flirty or seem like a little bit excited like, about your scene, like that you would be good. Sex? Like, you know, act like you like him a little bit. Yeah. But the thing is, I like to go into every scene that the person doesn't like there is no expectations no expectations like mm-hmm. i never want to go into a scene expecting like oh she's gonna do this i want to go in like it's just for like she's she has a, a she's a fiance and she doesn't even want to touch me when 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 everything's called cut like i go into everything like that yeah because i don't want to expect stuff like that right, right. I, I have friends that did and they're like oh she didn't touch me and i was like oh well you expected her to so that's why your mind went another route yeah know? yeah that's totally true um so I also <laughs> one thing I definitely need to ask you about, and this was something that one of my Patreon members asked: What is up with you and Xander's like back and forth lip sync battle? And on Twitter, and if you guys haven't seen it, you need to go see it. Uh, go to fo- Ricky is a year of at year of the Ricky, and then 
Xander's is something weird. <laughs> I forgot. But just go go to Ricky's and because that's easy to remember and and find this like back and forth thread of like it's so in, it's so funny. <laughs> so what started that whole thing? Um, I was in Vegas for a couple shoots. And I was just like, because me and Xander have like an interesting friendship where we'll just like text or just like, mm-hmm. if we think about each other, we'll just like, hey, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. Because at Brazzers' house like a year ago, we had this dance. And we just like, whenever we saw each other, we just danced. And uh-huh. they, they they recorded, we danced for like 10 minutes. Just oh, like wow. until the other person tired out. And so just whenever <laughs> we see each other, we start dancing. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So I was on the toilet. And then there's like this new woe challenge or something where you like make a signal and you send it to a friend and they do it back. And so I was on the toilet and I was just like, oh, let me send this to Xander. And so I did a little dance move and sent it to him. I like how you were on the toilet. <laughs> You're like, so I was just taking a shit. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to send this text to film <laughs> myself and send it to my male friend. <laughs> See, porn, you know, porn allows you to be like open. Just I know, open. right? It really does like push those, like that that line that most people draw for their boundaries. It pushes it a little bit further. My non-porn friends would be like, yo, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, right. Why are you, like, You're on the toilet, dog. Stop. <laughs> But I sent to Xander, and he didn't reply for like a good enough, good amount of time. Where I was like, "Hey, did you get my uh, my message?" And then he sent one back, and I didn't reply. He was like, "Yo, are you gonna call me out and not reply?" Yeah. And then I was like, "All right." Then so I did a little dance battle, and then he sent one. But he had the uh, the liberty of being at his home, so like he had more to like to, he can include things but i was just stuck i was like stuck in the hotel yeah he's like carrot top he started he bringing props he had like a mask and other stuff and i was like damn he's bringing it right now <laughs> and all i had was like the hotel and, and the shower so i was like all right let me just go in the shower or something or just i don't know i don't know what to do i have a little little to use so we just went back and forth oh god yeah it was really cute i love that and i, I love too like seeing that kind of camaraderie between like male performers because i feel like sometimes there's a lot of guys that feel very competitive, but I feel like there's must be like a connection too. Cause you guys have like a difficult job and it's yeah. something that a lot of people are not capable of doing. Yeah. So what do you like, what do you say to guys? Cause I know that, you know, I get these messages on Twitter and Instagram all the time of guys wanting to get in porn and like everybody thinks it's so easy and you know, I have a big dick or I like to have sex and like, so, you know, I can do porn and it is, Absolutely not easy. And I had an experience. Um, I had a show on Playboy TV called Adult Film School, and we filmed amateur couples, like people specifically who'd never had sex on camera before. And the fail rate of the guys was so high. Um, understandably so, yeah. because most guys can't do this. It's a strange job yeah. to have. It's different than just having sex in front so of people. Because people think like, oh, I've been to parties, sex parties, and I've had sex in front of other people, so this will be easy. But having sex on a set, on a professional set, is a totally different experience. So what do you, like, how do you feel about like when guys ask you how to get into porn or like think that it's so easy? It, it, it's like you, you don't ask a, a basketball player how to join the NBA. Like, you, you know. Yeah. Right? Like, if you really want to do something, then, like, you'll, you'll figure it out in a sense. I mean, you figured it out. Yeah. And I think most other male talent in the industry, have, they found a way to figure it out. So I think yeah. if you really, really want to do it, you'll, there's a certain way you'll ask. Mm-hmm. Like, there's certain questions that you'll ask. But, like, yeah. mostly it's like, oh, like, put me on. Like, let me, like, how do I join porn? Like, you know, help me out. Like, give me book these people. And just like, I have, I have no idea who you are. Yeah. Like, I would. Why would I like put you out there and 
And like it's on my name that oh this person's great. Yeah. And then if you fail and cost them money, then they look at me like oh you cost us thousands of dollars. Yeah. And especially since no joke, like seventy five percent of them, if not more, are like from Morocco or India, (laughs) and they're like, hey ma'am, please fly me out to from Morocco to shoot porn. I'm like, okay, dude, yeah, sure, no problem. Like no, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) what's wrong with you? Yeah. What was the one um, misconception that you feel that you had about porn, which was, which changed for you when you came into porn? Like, was there anything that you thought was, you thought about porn that was, you found not, not to be true? Um, I don't want to kill the fantasy for people though. But this some okay, parts. Oh, this of, show's all about killing the fantasy okay, okay, for cool. people. Okay, Are cool. you killing? Kidding me? There, there was <laughs> there was one director I worked for that um, she would tell the girl to come like every two seconds, like come right now, and like she definitely wasn't coming, like she was yeah. just faking it. Yeah. And for me, that was just so hard on my mental because it was just mm-hmm. like that was just like for for her type of scene. She wanted the girl to show like like to mm-hmm. look as if she was coming. And it was just like mm-hmm. oh my every second she's like oh come right now come right now and the girl be like oh I'm coming mm-hmm. I'm like oh you're really not coming though. And it's just like for me, it's just like I like, I like the passion of like you know, pleasure. You like it to be authentic. Yeah, okay. and that was just like the most unauthentic thing I've ever experienced. And yeah, it really, it really fucked me up. Cause like really? yo, like it's just like it's dude, just girls so fake. fake coming all the time. No, I know, I know, I understand, I understand, but like not to that extent. I was just yeah. like, no, please, like okay, it was okay. like a little too much. <laughs> it was a little too much. And was she trying to create like feminist porn where it was like about the woman's pleasure? I think so. Okay. I'm not knocking. I'm just saying. Yeah, it yeah, just, yeah. It, just, it threw me for it threw me a loop a little. Because you wanted to like give her that orgasm authentically. Yeah, and yeah. I, at this point, I didn't know where it was in there. You know, yeah. maybe one of those were mine. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The other eighty were like, you know. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, some girls, you know, and every girl's different. Like some girls are easily orgasmic. Like Kiss of Sins, like yeah. comes constantly. Yeah. I mean, when I shot her, I remember the first time I shot her. She even told me she's like, "Look, she's like, if you want to do any standing positions, like doggy, she's like, we should do that first because." my legs will be like jelly by middle of the scene. She's like, because I would have come so much that I can't stand anymore. And I was like, I'm so jealous of you. It is so unfair because I can't come from um, penetration. Oh, really? Nope. Never have in my life. Not possible. Not possible? Not possible. possible. I'm 40. I've tried. (laughs) We've tried. We've tried a lot of things. It just makes me feel like I got to pee. That's the closest you can get me. pee. No, I don't want to pee. Maybe that's what it is. No. That's, I've, I've heard girls say that. Like, oh, I feel like I'm going to go pee. Pee. No. And then see what happens. When I try. I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it can happen. It's there. I don't know. I don't know. No. <laughs> no. I'm intrigued. We'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Oh, my God. Um, so you uh, are actually dating somebody in porn yes you're dating can you say who it is kendra spade awesome i have a shoot that i'm trying to book with her um for the future i've never worked with her before though she's amazing she's really cool yeah i like her that would be really funny though if you were like oh she's terrible to book her (laughs) but she's my girlfriend (laughs) you know i've heard good things about her so i'm sure she'll be i'm sure she'll be wonderful yeah she's she's gonna be the next big thing yeah how'd you guys like How'd you guys start dating? Oh, intriguing. All right. So we met at like AVN like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Or was it a year ago? No, mm-hmm. two years ago. And then I saw her and I didn't, I, I was drunk and I called her somebody else's name. And like the next oh, three times no. I saw her, I called her somebody else's name. No! 
And then she's like, you keep calling me somebody else's name. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, like, I always thought she was really cute. And I yeah. wanted to get to know her. And then we were at this 4th of July party for, like, Jules Jordan uh, last year. Uh-huh. And then um, we were sitting, hanging out and chatting and having a good time. She was like, hey, by the way, we're not having sex today. And I was like, I... I'm not trying to have sex with you. I'm just trying to get to know you. And it mm-hmm. caught me. I was like, oh, that's so, like, you know, yeah. strong of you to say that. Yeah. But it was intriguing. I was like, ah, oh, she's, I want to get to know her more. You yeah. Know? I yeah. Want to say she that. presented a challenge. Yeah. And I was just like, it, she did, but I wasn't, I really wasn't having, trying to have sex with her. I just wanted to get to know her. But yeah. by her saying that, I was just like, what? Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to get to know you. And then- <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> I'm gonna, we're going to get to know each other. Yeah. I'm going to ask you questions. I'm going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> and so we just like hung out more and more and more. And then eventually, March, we became boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, that's so cute. So do you find that it's – have you? okay, so since you've been working in the adult industry, have you dated anybody outside of the industry? Oh, yes. Uh, my first year, I dated a civilian. And how was that? It was terrible. But I understand. Now I didn't – at the time, I didn't understand, but now I understand. Right. Because it was really hard for her when I went to work. Yeah. Because – it was hard for her to understand the, the yes. dynamic of me fucking somebody else. Yes. And her not. Yes. And and me just being like, it's just work. Right. When in a sense, you can you can literally go to work and it just be work. Yeah. But I can understand somebody not understanding that. Right. Because they're not part of it. Did you guys have an open relationship at all in any way? No. Oh, okay. So like there wasn't even any swinging involved or any no, Yeah, no. so that, that, that might would have make helped it, even... it. Yeah. But it was just yeah. like But she would gaslight me, she would say things. It was it was just good for my mental because I think it helped me out in, in future porn because mm. like she would say some shit, like, right before, like, sex deals, I'd be texting her. She'd be like, oh, I'm doing something right now. You're not going to like it. I'm like, what? And then it's like, all right, time for sex deals. I'm like, what, what is she doing? And yeah. it's just like, so my head was just, like, always in and out. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I had to get out of that. But I understood because, like, then I dated Keisha Gray. Okay. And and she was, like, she was a very, very popular performer. She mm-hmm. worked a lot all the time. And there was some, like, envy and jealousy when she worked. Like, she would do a gangbang and I would feel some type of way. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of get it, even though it's just work. It's like when you really, truly love somebody, you don't necessarily want them to fuck other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's you, interesting. You, I understand and get it. Like I support. It's like I support Kendra. Yeah. But like at the same time, like you're not going to be giddy. Yeah. If someone like blew her back out and she came and oh, best time of my life. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm happy for you. But like, you know. <laughs> so do you feel like a sense of competition sometimes with like people that she's working with? I wouldn't call it a competition. I'm just I I do me. I just mm-hmm. try to be the best person I could be for her. I'm sure she's the best person she can be for me and we right. focus on our relationship. Like we're together, so that that's that's all that matters. Right. You know? But you guys do like deal with a little bit of jealousy, maybe sometimes here and there. Yeah. 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 I can see how it's complicated because it's like I mean, sex is one of those things, you know. Sex can just be sex, but sex is also like you know, the most intimate thing two yeah, people can do like together. If you're having a really intimate time mm-hmm. and it's, it's now your significant other, it's yeah. Like, oh man. <laughs> you know what's interesting? There, I don't want to name him because I don't want to like uh, throw his girl under the bus. They're not together anymore. But there's a very popular male performer who I've used a lot. And um, I booked him for a scene and he canceled on me like last minute. And I could tell like from him, his voice, because he called me that like, there wasn't like it wasn't the reason that he said it was, and the strange thing was is that the girl that he was with was somebody who she was no longer a porn star, but she had been a porn star in the past. We had shot her a lot. We had a great relationship with her. She actually like had a good relationship with my mom. She like rode horses with my mom for a bit. Um, so I was like, so when I finally kind of like, anyways, sometime later after they'd broken up, I I asked him and I was like, 
you know, what's up with that one time that you canceled on me? Cause I feel like it was not like what you said it was. And he told me that she had made him cancel the scene, which I didn't understand because like we were cool with her, you know, like there yeah. was no issues and he was still doing boy girl scenes with plenty of other companies. And she told me, or she told him, and he told me that it was because our scenes tend to be more intimate and romantic. Uh, so it wasn't like some crazy, like gonzo scene where the guy's like throat fucking her until like her, she's, you know, her eyes or tears are running down her face and like blown out her ass and like really hardcore rough. Like our scenes tend to be more intimate, a lot of kissing, very romantic. So to her, it felt too intimate. Yeah. And she didn't want him to do that kind of scene. She was okay with him doing scenes where like, he was fucking the girl like she was a piece of meat, but not where like yeah, there was like passion. real passion involved. Yeah. And that was weird to me. But I get it, but like I was very surprised by that. You you can find somebody that you like a lot from porn from a scene. Mm-hmm. I I I believe I dated Keisha from our we did a scene and it was a really good scene and we mm-hmm. started talking from there. We became a mm-hmm. relationship. So like yeah. I can understand where you can work with somebody and there could be a seed there mm-hmm. where like Maybe me and Kendra don't work out. And mm-hmm. then she remembers, oh, I'm really like, me and this other guy, we we hit it off well. We have like 10 great scenes. That's, yeah. Let me hit him up. Like that's a possibility. Yeah, Just absolutely. for me. Like if yeah. me and her, there might be somebody like, oh, me and her, we have a great time. So like it's it's there. But you yeah. just can't focus on that. You just got to focus on your relationship. Yeah. Whatever happens in the future. So do you think it's easier to date somebody in the industry? I still think it's in the, in the sense easier because like you can find common ground and Mm -hmm. communication is super important. Yeah. Me and her communicate a lot, which in my past relationships at my, to my own fault, I didn't communicate enough. Right. 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 So we both communicate our feelings and it just makes everything a little bit easier. Right. Cause like, I don't want to like, I I want her to have the best career possible. I want her to be the the best kind of space you can be. And I want to be the best Ricky I can be. So I'm never going to not allow her or put a no list for her. Like whatever she wants to do, she should do. Right, right, right. And I, same for me. Right, so. yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by the Calm app. Are you stressed out all the time? Do you experience sometimes crushing anxiety and have trouble sleeping? You are not alone. Anxiety disorders are the most common form of mental illness in the U.S., affecting around 40 million adults. That's almost one in five people. There are plenty of ways to combat this growing issue, but have you ever considered trying meditation? Now, before you go ahead and dismiss meditation as some new age hippie nonsense or think that you need to go to Tibet and live with monks to even give it a shot, I'm here to tell you that there's a really easy way to try it out without even having to leave your house. It's called the Calm app and you can access it right on your phone. I've been using this app for a while now and it's literally my favorite program on my phone. They have lots of different guided meditations that will meet you at your level. So if you're brand new to the practice of meditation, this app is perfect for you. Not ready to actually try meditation? That's okay. The Calm app also has soothing music, nature sounds, and sleep stories to help you relax at night. Sleep stories are like bedtime stories for grown-ups. They have readings from celebrities such as Stephen Fry, Matthew McConaughey, and Bob Ross. Yes, the happy little trees Bob Ross. How amazing is that? So go to calm.com slash Holly and you'll get 25% off of your subscription. You'll get unlimited access to everything Calm has to offer at an amazing 25% discount. So once again, go to calm.com slash Holly. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash H-O-L-L-Y and get the relaxation 
you need and deserve at 25% off. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Oh My God Yes. OhMyGodYes.com is a website about women's sexual pleasure. When it comes to actual ways women touch themselves or ways partners touch women, there are a lot of myths out there. Oh My God Yes decided to do the first ever large-scale scientific research interviewing over 20,000 women ages 18 to 95 about what actually feels good and why. What they found was, of course, women vary in what they like, but there are also lots of shared techniques. Kind of like ingredients people combine in different ways for more pleasure and better orgasms. The site has short videos of all kinds of women sharing and showing these techniques. They have specific illustrations that actually animate so you can get a clear sense of what each technique entails. Researchers from IU School of Medicine found that 95% of women experience pleasure in a way that felt new physically after a month of using Oh My God Yes. It's not a subscription site. You pay only once for permanent access to a set of videos and animations. And your payment goes on to fund ongoing research into sexual pleasure. Now, I know a large majority of my listeners are men, so guys, this website is for you too. Learn all kinds of cool ways to pleasure your female partner. Whether you're just getting to know somebody new, or if you and your partner have been together for decades, there's something here for everyone to learn. Check out the newly released season two at ohmygodyes.com slash holly and get $5 off. That's O-M-G-Y-E-S dot com slash H-O-L-L-Y. Okay, we are back with Ricky Johnson. And Ricky, my next question for you is, how do you feel about the label of interracial porn and what some would say is a fetish? Wow. Wow, Holly, way to go to sound really fucking smart. You can't even talk. The fetishization of black men in porn. I still feel like I said that wrong. I'm not going to say that word because I saw you struggling. For it. I know I'm going to struggle. I've said this word a million times and all of a sudden like it's not rolling off my tongue. Well, I'm really glad that I entered uh, this serious topic like, <laughs> like tongue tied. It was like, Whoa, way to go, Barbara Walters. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, you understood my question. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it's a very interesting dynamic because a lot of my work in the beginning was based on fetish porn mm-hmm. and me being black is an importance to the scene. Right. And so if I was to be like, oh, I'm not going to shoot this because I'm labeled as like an African-American, I, mm-hmm. I honestly wouldn't get any work. So yeah. I, I can't knock that it has allowed me to get to the position I am now. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't, I don't really think it's a great way to – it's something that should always continue because it will, it will keep African-Americans at a certain place because mm-hmm. porn is somewhat a representation of society. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at porn – like billions of people. Mm-hmm. And if people are looking at porn as like, oh, black people, black people, as opposed to just people, then in their mind and subconsciously they might look at black people a certain type of way. Yeah. Because if in scenes they're, they're, they're looked upon as like, oh, a certain kind of like stereotype, then that yeah. stereotype. It perpetuates the stereotype. It will continue forever. Yeah. So like I understand there are some companies that make a lot of money off of it, but at the same time, like if I wanted for, for, for African-American community, if I want to do my part, I would not be a part of that. Yeah. You, you know, it's interesting because when I've had, um, you know, performers on like African American performers and I've asked them that question, um, the guys specifically, like I've, 
I know that it's a difficult question for them to answer. I think you're in kind of a different place now, like being a contract yeah, star. I can, I can talk my shit. Yeah. <laughs> because I know that like, it's difficult because it's like, you don't want to say like, Oh yeah, fuck IR porn because that is a majority of the work that yeah. they're being, they're being hired for. And so they don't want to speak badly of, um, the companies that are, you know, paying their fucking bills. 100%. So you have to be careful, but it's like, you know, there's, but then I can also see that there's like this kind of like, they're not, too stoked on too stoked on it yeah yeah so I, it's a hard question for people to answer and i understand that i 100 percent like i understand there's a lot of people who are in positions that if they were to speak up on it they would maybe lose work and i, yeah. I totally get it yeah unfortunately i'm in a position where i feel like i can speak on it and it won't affect my work yeah because it's from what i understand you're the first um african-american contract star for browsers yeah and you were saying that they haven't like put you in that ir label like they're not like putting you solely in scenes that, you know, would stereotype a black man. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not black stepbrother, black this, black this. Like mm-hmm. I've always, like, I, I hate to be in a scene where it's like, um, Kendra Spade and BBC. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't like Kendra Spade and Ricky Johnson. Yeah. You know, that's the type of scene I want to be in. Yeah. Like where you, you don't have a name, your name is BBC. Or I'm just dick. Well, yeah. I understand I'm like, that's, like, I'm just dick, but like, I like, why why just like oh you're a black person like yeah it's important that you're black to this yeah you know for those of you who know who don't know again because we're flying into industry speak bbc is not the british broadcasting channel (laughs) it is big black cock and it is an acronym that we frequently use in the adult industry and um it's a very searchable taggable it is hilarious when i see bbc and i'm like oh shit this isn't big black cock yeah (laughs) or do you ever hear people say like oh i worked as a dp on that show meaning director of photography not meaning double penetration that also got me i'm like no i i've been doing porn too long yeah (laughs) like or i gotta go to the atm to get cash out oh not ass to mouth that hasn't got me yet ass to mouth is not you know it's not as big of a thing i feel like as it used to be like it used to be there was a lot of like ass to mouth movies and I don't know why. I don't know if people just don't like it's the wor- term isn't used that much anymore because um, it's not as dirty as it used to be because it was kind of a new thing or like people aren't doing that much ass to mouth. I don't know, but I feel like it, there used to be more ass to mouth yeah. in porn than there is Bring now. Back ass to mouth. I'm so I am personally not into the ass to mouth thing. That to me is like like that might be what happened. People were doing ass to mouth and they were getting dookie in their mouth. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, you have fecal. It doesn't matter how well you clean your ass out. You're going to have fecal matter on your matter on your penis and you're going to be putting it in your back of your mouth. That's just science. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Some people find that to be sexy or hot i don't know there's a lot of interesting... I, don't, I don't knock anybody's kink in exactly we are not we are a lot of kink we are not allowed to kink shame anymore that is a thing yeah um so god we went off on a fucking tangent <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever i mean so before you got this contract were you ever cast in a role where like you felt really frustrated by that or you felt like very stereotyped it was uncomfortable for you to do a couple times, a couple times, but I I held my tongue and I I, I worked, but it, it's kind of like it sucks because it's like damn, like you know, because I would mm-hmm. talk to my roommate about it. And mm-hmm. It's just like, am I a sellout? You know, because mm-hmm. it's like I'm just doing this, but I this is not something I believe in. Mm-hmm. So it's just like my thing is a lot of people talk about change, but mm-hmm. 
not enough people put themselves in a position to change. Right. Or put themselves in a position where they have to choose between getting a paycheck and being able to pay, cover their rent or being like a social justice warrior. Yeah. It's like, you know, and are we really in porn because we're here because we want to change the world and we want to like, you know, like make a difference. I yeah. mean, yes, there is some of that, but then there's also some of it is like, we're just trying to like make a living. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I kind of want to put myself in a position to where I can, I can change things. Yeah. So that's my goal. And like, I feel like if I'm doing that, I should be, I should be able to speak on it. Right. But like, if you're just like, don't, if you're just following along, then it's just like, what, what are you doing to help? Yeah. I mean, if you're lucky enough to be in a position where you can speak out and you can kind of call attention to the fact that, you know, there's, there's some discussion to be had around the whole like interracial fetish. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but like it doesn't really exist in Europe. It's a, like an American thing. Like there's no IRA in Europe. I was talking to Karen Lee about it. He was like, this is so crazy to me because yeah. like where I'm from, it's just people. It's, yeah. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. But also too, like interracial relationships aren't viewed in the same way in, um, in Europe as they are in America. Yeah. Like we're still so inherently racist. But it's, it's, it, it's going to take a generation. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the civil rights movement was only in the 1960s. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago, wasn't that long ago that black people had no rights. Yeah. Which it's is crazy. It's nuts. So we've came a long way and it's just like, we're like, oh, we're almost there. We want it now. But it's, it's honestly going to take a long time. But I, it still needs a little bit of like a push. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely changing though. I mean, I've been in the industry for 20 years and the discussion around IR porn and IR rates um, is is something that's really starting to take flight now. So um, if those of you who've listened to my podcast a lot, that you know this, but for those of you who haven't, so first of all, sorry, IR means interracial, just in case that wasn't clear to you. But a lot of women in the adult industry charge a higher rate to do an IR scene, an interracial scene. Yeah. They charge more money to work with a black man, and a lot of times they won't do interracial scenes until they get offered some like big rate to do like something for blacked or, or whatever. Yeah. They'll wait like a year, year and a half. They'll wait. Yeah. So it's like, like one of, one of the pieces of advice often that will be given to girls is when you come into the industry, wait on doing like the big scenes, like anal gangbang interracial. Yeah. Those are like the things that like you should wait on because you should get a higher rate and you should build anticipation and all that stuff. And that used to be like a normal thing. Like nobody would question um, the fact that girls were being paid more or would like wait to work with a black man. Like it's just. Back in the day, it was like the last thing you do was work with a black person. Yeah. It's like, okay, your career is yeah. the end. And some women wouldn't do it, not because they personally didn't want to, was because like it would hurt their career. Hurt their their fans, fans would their get fans mad. Their fans would be like, oh, you fucked a black person. I'm done. Right? Which like, and only now in this kind of like woke era that we're in are we are people finally saying like whoa wait a minute there's something like seriously fucking wrong with that (laughs) (laughs) and girls are finally starting to say like hey it's not really right for us to charge more money to work with a black man like if you want to like okay so then sometimes there's the argument well like black men have bigger dicks so charge a big dick rate yeah, I have a friend. A there's, friend of mine is like, it should be a big dick rate. Big dick rate because there are some white guys too with fucking huge dicks. Yeah. And I get it. Like a larger penis takes a bigger toll on your body. It's harder to work with, especially if you're small. You can get torn. You can get torn. Like Cervix I get that. Issues. But yeah. then there needs to be a big dick rate. I'm, I'm down for that. A I'd B- much rather a big dick rate. B- BD. BDR. BDR. Big dick rate. Big dick rate. <laughs> <laughs> but no, 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 um, 
no shade towards Black or Lansky or any of his things. No, I understand. Like he's he's doing what he's an amazing marketer. And and look, if anything, honestly, like what Lansky has done is taking interracial porn and made it beautiful. Yes, and I, brought it to like the next level and made more girls want to do it because it's being portrayed. And I mean, it's beautifully shot. It looks great. And it's almost like to me, like these pictures that he shoots, you know, when he would shoot like the girl and the guy next to each other, like often what I would think was the beauty, how beautiful the difference in the skin tones were, just the contrast, yeah. like photographically. It's open to discussion because that's helped because a lot of the uh, things that people were mad about was like black porn was like too rough and there mm-hmm. was no, there mm-hmm. was no prettiness to like mm-hmm. black porn so that yeah. that opened the discussion like oh okay black porn can be like portrayed in a nice way beautiful it's, yeah more of that yeah absolutely yeah so de- yeah definitely no like shade to him on that at all i mean he saw a market he went for it and he elevated it to be yeah. honest and i mean i don't again like we talked about like kink shaming and stuff like that i don't think that pe- people shouldn't like maybe enjoy interracial porn right i mean do you think that that's something that should be gone or maybe it's just something that people shouldn't charge more for it shouldn't be like people shouldn't be like black performers shouldn't be so pigeonholed into that yeah it's it's it sucks that like you to not be able to work with somebody because you're black Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be a thing right like i can understand if you just don't want to work with me but Mm -hmm. because i'm black yeah, what I have a problem with, right? Because right, right. I was on a couple orgies before where there was like two girls who were like not working with black people, and it was just like it was a really hard orgy. So you like, oh god, that's so awkward. Because it was like, and that was hard for my mental because yeah. there was there was five girls and two of them I couldn't I couldn't touch. Oh. And it was just like the other three were like occupied, right? So there was moments where I was right next to a girl who I couldn't touch, and it was just like I don't I. What wow. do I do in this moment? Besides just jerk my dick until there's an opening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like I mean, waiting. Okay, she's over. Hang over there. <laughs> I mean, talk about like like an incredibly like open um, example of like racism, really. Yeah, and she's like, I didn't. Right? Wanna, I didn't want to be a part of that scene. I was like, yeah, I'd rather not be here. Yeah, that's so awkward. So, but it's just like, and that's happened a couple times. It's, yeah. For every orgy, there's at least one girl you can't work with. And it's just like, I get it. I understand. But it's just like, if there was a way for that to stop, that'd be cool. But yeah. I totally, if you just don't want to work with me, I'm okay with that. Right, 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 right. But if it's because I'm black, then it's just like, oh, that's kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of awkward. I mean, but then again, like girls, you know, should be able to decide whoever they want to work no, 100%, 100%. with. 100%. 100%. So it's, yeah, that that's when the conversation, I guess, becomes like super uncomfortable, right? Yeah. It's it's a very touchy subject. Yeah, and it's just it's hard. It's it's something that's going to be around for a while. It's right, not something. It's not a next day fix. It's right. It's just a time. It's a time thing. Right, right, right. Well, I appreciate you talking about it because it is something that comes up a lot, and um, it is a touchy subject. Yeah, and a lot of people get. Uh, you were actually saying that you got some blowback on social media about yeah, it, right? Just today, I, I tweeted like. Shout out to like the companies that I've been working with, the contract companies that mm-hmm. don't label me as interracial and it's just a scene. You know? mm-hmm. Like I play a janitor, not a black janitor. Like I can play <laughs> a stepson, like not a black stepson. You yeah, know? yeah, it's yeah. It's just a scene. It's yeah. kind of cool to be like doing scenes just like everybody just else. Just to be a human being like everybody else. Yeah. And then somebody was like, oh, you're, you're a coon. Like you're trying to get rid of IR. And it's just like, no, it's, it's still going to be there. Yeah. Black people are still going to have sex with 
non-black people. Yeah. And, then, and it'll still be labeled It'll still by be the scene. Yeah, it'll still yeah. be labeled by R. I'm just saying, like... As long as people are searching for that label, it'll still be tagged that way. Yeah. Because it's all about, like, supply and demand. As long as people are, like, buying that stuff, people are going to keep producing it. Yeah, it's just a slow thing where it's, like, it's not the title of the scene. That's all. I'm just... Start yeah. there. You, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Because if there's no progress, it's just going to be the same no matter what. Right, so right, this, right. So that's a good progress that, like, I'm doing all the scenes that it's just like, oh, uh, Kendra is having sex with a janitor or something like that. You yeah. Know? It's not labeled as, like, oh, a black person. Yeah. It's like a slow grind from there. And then, boom, maybe, a, you know, it just starts somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. We got to... Yeah, everything starts somewhere. But I definitely um, see things change, and I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, what, uh, do you have any secret talents or hobbies that any people don't know about? Um, I'm really good at the game Super Smash Bros. I have no idea what that is. Yeah. It's like, it's a game me and my roommate play like an hour a day. What is it? It's, it's a video game. Oh, it's, okay. I don't yeah, play video yeah, games. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's fun. Terrible. Though. I'm so boring. I, I read a lot of manga on my own free time, which is not, not many people know. It's pretty like One Piece, Bleach, Naruto, Berserk. So all my manga people they, wait they what's know. manga again it's like uh before it turns to like anime like a, a cartoon you like write about like a book okay i like give a book and then it becomes like a movie like uh manga is like the written part of it before it becomes a cartoon like the like you know do you know naruto like the, the cartoon the show okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay uh, am i showing my age I'm like what the fuck are you okay, talking what about? What cartoon do you know? Like, like, do you know any cartoons? South Park? South Park. Okay. Let's just say <laughs> Family Guy. Let's just say South Park. But before South Park became like an animation, uh-huh. there was like a, like a storybook about it. Like it was okay. Written, it was written in like pages, like as a book form. And okay. Then years later, based on the popularity, it became a cartoon show. You mean like a comic book? In a sense, yeah. Okay. So I read like the comic book versions of the shows before they become shows. Okay. It's, like, it's pretty much like reading a book before it becomes a movie. Okay. So I do that. I do yeah, that my boyfriend likes time. comic books. He's always trying to get me to read them. I'm always like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> I just started yoga, hot yoga, which has been really good. Yeah? Because I don't dream a lot. And then after I did hot yoga, I dreamt twice. And I was like, holy shit, this is for me. So I'm going <laughs> to do it. Do you feel it. like it's opening up like your spiritual just plans? a little bit. Because I'm not really too into that, but like my girlfriend is. So like uh-huh. she sages and do all these other different things. Oh, I'm wow. Just like, you know, why not? You know, I'm getting older. Let's try yeah. Things. So it's like, you know, trying to like. Meditation is a really great, um, really great tool. I need to do that. But Especially like, as you get older. I haven't. Okay, so I'm actually going to recommend something. And yes, they sponsor my show. But to be honest, they're really great. It's called the Calm app. So Calm, like C-A-L-M. Yeah. And it's an app that you buy. And they have guided meditations on there. They have like soothing music. And it's really helpful because meditation is very difficult to get into. And it's it's definitely like a practice that you have to like train your mind and they have like all different meditations. They have meditations for like beginners, you know, they can start, you can start with like a five minute one, 10 minute one, you know, like build up. Um, They also have like different meditations for different types of like things that you're trying to achieve. Like they have like one day I'm doing right. One thing I'm doing right now is like a focus. So it's like meditations on like helping you focus and like weed out distractions. (laughs) Um, They also have one on like mindful eating, um, like all kinds of stuff. And it's honestly, it's a game changer, like just meditation in general. But I feel like the Calm app is super helpful if you don't want to like go to classes or anything like that and you need some kind of direction. You just want to do it in the privacy of your own home. It's called the Calm app. It's called the Calm app. I'm going to join that. C-A-L-M. Yeah. Okay. I, I need that. 
my cholesterol was a little high. I found yeah, it. it's it's really like it's it's made a big difference for me. I also do sound bath meditations sometimes if I'm under a lot of stress. Those are really really cool. Are you familiar with sound no. bath? So you're in the bath and you just have a certain. <laughs> uh uh-uh. So the, it's like a it's it's like sounds that wash over you. That's why it's called a sound bath. Okay. So you go to um, a sound bath meditation. They have them everywhere. They have me- unplugged meditation, which is where I go. But they're all over the place, and um, they have like those bowls that they use and they create like these different like sounds and vibrations and you basically just lay there and it's really quiet and, and it's really sounds. quiet it's like and you just in a sense. yeah and you just let these sounds and the, the sounds like they're of different frequencies and they tap into like your nervous system so it really like it's it's a trip yeah it's a yeah. trip you can like leave your body and shit it's crazy that's that's the part of my life that i need to like focus on yeah and also you ever done a float tank no those are cool too so float tanks are <laughs> like this whole, this is somehow turned into like a meditation podcast. Um, but float tanks are these like encapsulated um, tanks that are essentially filled with water and it's um, got a certain amount of salt in it. Like the, you know how like the Dead Sea you can like float in. Yeah. So the water's body temperature and it has enough salt that it makes you float. So basically once you've been in there and there's no light and there's no sound. So it takes away all your senses so you basically like you trip out, man. I've had the most fucked up out of body experiences in there, but they're amazing. And it's like it it's they say like, I don't know, an hour in a float tank is equivalent to like eight hours of sleep or something like that. Why? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Kristen Scott was telling me about that. Yeah. Because Robbie, her boyfriend, he does a lot of meditation. So like they're into yeah. that and yeah. to join that. Yeah. I would I would recommend it. It's yeah. definitely, you know, the mind is such like a complex, um, yeah. unexplored field. It's it's such a trip. And porn does a lot on your mental. So like it does. Those are things that like I it think does. you may really need that. And I especially I think especially in today's age with like all just the chaos that surrounds us with, you know, your job, which is stressful, and then social media and like you know, the hustle that we do to like, you know, do our own thing. We're all like mini entrepreneurs. I think finding that balance is so important. You know, something I forget because like sometimes I, I surround myself with a lot of like other performers is mm-hmm. that like there's still a stereotype of porn in general. Mm. Cause like I have a lot of like non porn friends and like mm-hmm. they don't treat me a certain way, but they'll, they'll say certain things. Like they, one of my, a couple of my friends came over yesterday, like, oh, I'm not gonna get in your bed because your bed is like, you know, you're always having sex and stuff like that. And it's just like, I, my bed's just like anybody else's other bed. Anybody else's bed. It's just yeah. like, because you're in porn, like, you're a certain type of person. Like, yeah. you're a sex fiend. Like, yeah. you're like dirty in a sense. And it's yes. just like, that's the common, like, from for everybody who's not in porn. Right. Some people think you're like a dirty mm-hmm. fiend. Yeah. And this is crazy because I forget about that because I'm like, I'm always around people that are open because mm-hmm. people in the industry are so open and just like so comfortable with themselves. Mm-hmm. But people who aren't in the industry aren't comfortable with themselves. And yeah. they're, They'll treat you a certain type of way. Yeah. And you forget and you're not used to it. And it's like, oh shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I definitely find that um, I have to kind of censor the way that I talk around certain people that I know I don't need to do around like porn people. And sometimes, you know, like the things that we say on set and the way, and you know, I'm never like inappropriate to people, but you know, like we make these jokes and we say these things that like you wouldn't say like in a yeah, corporate yeah. environment. Yeah, I know your audience. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. And um, yeah, sometimes I forget and I think like, God, if I had to work like a real job and had to be like careful what I said and like, that would be so hard for me. That's yeah. 
Um, yeah. So what do you think is like one of the biggest min- misconceptions that the average porn fan has about the adult industry? Would you say like what you just yeah, pretty much that articulated? They, they think that we're just dirty or just like very sex fiends or just like not, not, not equal value to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a coach. This was really sad for me. I had a, um, a coach that, that helped me a lot in track and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I joined porn, he stopped coaching me. Mm-hmm. He was like, Oh, you took the easy way out. And I was just like, oh, that hurt, you know? Because like we were—he's yeah. like a father figure to me, and it's just like, damn, you just like left that's me like really that. That's really difficult. And it's just like that's how you feel. Like, yeah, you, know, you don't—you haven't even talked to me about the situation. I haven't talked to him since. It's just like, it's crazy. Did you have anybody else in your life kind of cast you out because you got into porn? Not really, because I surrounded myself around people that were like comfortable with me and just mm-hmm. everything how I felt. But there's some like acquaintances, people that I weren't really close to that like yeah. stopped fucking with me. But yeah. I didn't care because I didn't fuck with them in the yeah. sense anyway. What about your family? My family, um, I have a small family. Just my mother and my auntie and some other people. My cousins. I love you guys. But um, <laughs> I was like, I have, I have only two family members. My family like, what? But no, my mother, she was uh pretty angry when mm-hmm. I first told her. Because I told her like right before my first scene. I was like, oh, she needs to know. Mm-hmm. And then she was just let down. Because I used to always talk about wanting to be a doctor. Like mm. a cardiovascular surgeon growing up oh, all wow. the time and then a plastic surgeon and yeah. then all of a sudden I'm born. Yeah. And so she's like, what? I wanted you to be something. And then yeah. she was like, you're not, you know. And then, you know, money started rolling in a little bit, you know. And then like at the end of the day, like I'm her son. Like she, it was a quick turnaround. Like, yeah. After like a day or two, she was like, okay, I support you. Like, yeah. Whatever you do. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. was pretty cool. How old are you? 27. Okay. So, I mean, you still have time to do other things with your life if you want to. But you say you want to stay in porn, right? You want to start directing yeah, just, and yeah, producing. Yeah. Yeah, porn be like the nucleus. I mean, I have no problem venturing out, but like I, I like I like porn. Yeah, I always want to have like some kind of form of like being in porn. What do you think your favorite thing about porn is? Just how how fully like people are able to be themselves. Just like mm-hmm. the openness of just like I think people in porn are like their true selves. Yeah, I think people who aren't in porn are just very. I agree with it's you. It's like, ah, uh, they're scared to be themselves. Yeah, I feel like there's something about us being like the black sheep of the entertainment industry where we are kind of like our authentic selves because like we've already like, I mean, if you think about it, you know, you have sex with other people in front of yeah. a camera. That's kind of one of the most intimate things you can yeah. do. So it's like you're already every putting everything out there. And I'm being judged by it. Like yeah. my most intimate thing, mm-hmm. I'm being judged. I feel like there's a real lack of pretense and people in porn than there are people in other industries. Um, You know, I used to shoot for Playboy and I found that not always, of course, but a lot of times people would ask me like, Oh, what do you prefer? Like Playboy models or porn stars? I'm like, a lot of the time I prefer porn stars because they're so much less uptight and there's so much more just like their authentic selves and they're more open. um, Exactly. Like you said, because I think it's, it's kind of just like, once you're having sex and on camera in front of people, you're just kind of like, well, here I am. Yeah, here's I my vagina. <laughs> here's my penis. I'm just going to like let it all out there. And Why hide now? You yeah. Know? Like, you know, so yeah. It's, I like that part of porn. Yeah. Yeah. I think the people in it are really um, – are really interesting and it's and dynamic and and authentic. Um, I had John Ronson on a couple of weeks ago, and one thing that he said um, about people in porn that I loved because you know he's a he's a journalist, so he comes from like totally outside the industry, yeah. and he came in you know not really knowing what porn people are going to be like. He's like, porn people are like they're just like 
you know, like characters in an off-Broadway show. They're just like interesting and like kind of quirky and like, you know, maybe don't really fit into the mainstream world. But like there's something so lovely about that. And they're all just like super interesting. And he's like – and he always having felt like an outsider since he was young felt like he like fit in with us, which I thought was super cool. Yeah, see? People who are normally like outsiders can be like join the porn world. Yeah. I don't feel like an outsider. Yeah. I don't feel judged. I don't feel like I'm being made fun of for being me. Yeah. Because we're all just being ourselves. Yeah. There's a lot less judgment in the adult industry, especially now, like as, you know, the internet has opened up things so much and like different kinks and all that stuff. And so, you know, you can find a home for like whatever you're into. You can find a community. Like if you like to piss on people, you're like, oh, there's like, there's like 18,000 people that like to piss on people. It's so true. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah, it's so true. I'm the only one. Yeah, you're not the only one. Yeah. And um, there's something really like gratifying about that, knowing that you don't have to feel ashamed about yes. what you're into. Yes. Which is, which is really lovely because I think a lot of people spend so much of their time like living in this sense of shame and that's just like a really awful way to live. Because you're not being yourself and you're, yeah. you're taken away from growing. You yeah. can't grow if you're just like trying yeah. to like – you're arguing with yourself every day. Yeah, yeah. So I think case in point, porn people are just better. I think that's the conclusion yeah, that we yeah, just reached. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it here first. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, Ricky. This was really fun. Thanks for having You're me. You're awesome. I'm sorry that we've never been able to work together. Yes. But well, maybe someday. One day. One day. Yes. One day. Um, is there anything that you want to tell my listeners about where they can find you on social media? Any plugs you want to plug? You can find me on Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter at Year of the Ricky, Y-E-A-R-O-F-T-H-E-R-I-C-K-O-R. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can find me for like the sexual stuff and, you know, pay me some money. Uh, OnlyFans. Like OnlyFans.com slash Year of the Ricky. Awesome. By the way, I love um, that handle. You're the Ricky? I, yeah, I think it's so great. I used it's to really, get a lot of flack for it when I first uh, really? did it. All the directors were like, oh, it's your year, huh? What are you going to do when it's not your year? I'm like, hey, man, just just a, just a name. Just a name. I, I didn't think too much into it. You know what? I would say that if anything, it's right now, it's definitely the year of the Ricky. Yeah. That's the goal. We're going to close out on that awesome line that I just came up with. I love it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Ricky, for coming in. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. See you next week. I want to thank my guests for coming by and chatting with us today, and a big thanks to you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us more than you know. And if you're interested in behind-the-scenes access to the show, special bonus content, live streams of us taping the podcast, and more, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Unfiltered. You can even submit your own questions or get an autographed photo from one of our guests. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Hold up. 